It is day four and the final day of Daf Yud Ches. It was a short week this week because we had Yom Kippur on Monday. We are holding the Gemara on Daf Yud Ches and base nine lines down from the top of the page, right in the middle of the Mishnah. Yesterday we learned about five levels of food. Different foods that the higher level you go, the more sensitive the food is to become ritually contaminated, to becoming tummy. We said chulin is at the bottom. That's regular food, normal food, unsanctified food. Masasheni, which is brought by the farmer to Jerusalem in certain years of the Shemitah cycle, eaten there. That's the next level up. Truma, which is given to the Kohen, the next level up. Kodesh, sacrificial food, the next level up. And Mechatas, water mixed with the ashes of the Paraduma, that is the next level up. And as higher up you go through that list, the more sensitive the food becomes to becoming ritually impure, to becoming tummy. Having taught us various laws yesterday about those five levels, the Mishnah continues with another couple of laws, similar laws in the same set of principles. In order to understand the next couple of laws of the Mishnah, though, we have to give a couple of definitions. The first one is Tumas Midras. Tumas Midras literally means treading. Midras means to tread. That's referring to the Tumah acquired by an object when a Zav or a Zava or a Nida rests their weight on the object. It's an Ava Tumah, and therefore it contaminates people and utensils. Number two, we have to define what is an Amaretz. An Amaretz is a person who's ignorant. They're ignorant. They're not bad people, but they're ignorant. They eat Chulin even unsanctified food, without regard to the state of tahara or tumma of the food. That they don't even care, they don't care whether the food is tamay tahara, whether they're clean or not clean. It doesn't bother them, they don't, they don't really think about it, they're not particular about it. Now since they're not particular about it, they're presumed to be careless with regarding any laws affecting tumma and tahara. That's an assumption we have to make. Again, they're not bad people, but they're ignorant people and they're not particular about these things. We have to assume that they, they're not particular about tumma and tahara. In contrast, Prushim, these are people who are considered to be separated ones from the word Purush. Now, there's people who are more particular. They're people who are careful to eat even Chulin only in a state of Tahara. So you have people who are Purush. They're very careful only to eat unsanctified food in a state of Tahara. And Amayoretz, who are completely the opposite. They could not care less. So the Mishnah says, Big day Amayoretz, Midrash Prushim. The clothing of an Amayoretz, someone who's ignorant and therefore careless about these things, their clothing is considered to be tummy through Midras for Prushim. In other words, a parish has to assume that the clothing of the Amaretz, even though the Amaretz says, my clothing is Tahar. Nonetheless, a parish has to assume that the clothing is Tommy. We have to assume that maybe when he was a Zav or maybe his wife, when she was a Nidah, sat on or wore that, sat on that clothing. And therefore, a, a parish has to assume that about the clothing of an Amaretz. Big day Prushim Midras Lochle Truma. As you go up through the list of foods, remember what do we have after Chulin? We had next Masa Sheni, which the Mishnah interestingly omits from this list that we're about to list. And the Gemara is going to ask and discuss why does it miss out Masa Sheni. But after Masa Sheni was Truma. So, big day Prushin Midras Lochle Truma. In the same way that the clothing of an Amaretz is considered to be Tame through Midras for someone who's a Parush, for someone who always eats Chulin in a state of Tahara and is very particular about that. Similarly, the clothing of a Parush is considered to be Midras. Tommy through Midras for those who, only, who eat Shrumah. In other words, a coin, they are even more careful when they come to eat Shrumah than a parish is when they eat Chulin. Because Shrumah is more sensitive to becoming Tommy than Chulin is. And therefore, even though you're dealing with someone who is very careful to only eat Chulin in a state of Tara, nonetheless, a coin cannot rely on that person to say that their clothing is Tahar. A coin has to assume that a parish's clothing is Tommy. Because a coin is even more careful about their clothing than a parish is. Big day truma midras lakodesh. Go up another level. The clothing of those who eat truma, in other words, a kohen, is considered tummy through midras for those who eat kodesh. A kohen who's eating sacrificial foods has to be even more careful, and therefore they can't trust the kohen 
who is only eating truma, that they say their clothing is tar, the person eating Kodesh has to assume, the person eating truma that their clothing is Tommy. Big day Kodesh, Midrash Lachatas. And finally, as you go up the final level, the clothing of those who eat Kodesh is considered Tommy through Midrash for those who handle Chatas water, which is the top level that we learned in the Mishnah yesterday. Someone who's handling the water of the ashes, the water mixed with the ashes of the Paraduma has to be even more careful and can't trust anyone, basically, anyone else, that their clothing is tar. The Mishnah illustrates these laws with a couple of real-life examples. Yosef ben Yoezer was the most devout Kohen in the priesthood. And he ate Truma all the time. And yet, his cloth napkin was considered Tomei through Midras for those who ate Kodesh. Even though he was the most wonderful Kohen, those who ate Kodesh couldn't trust him because of this law, this rule. It's not a personal rule. It's just a, it's just a rule that applies to everyone. Yochanan ben Gudgudah ate even his chulin food according to the Tahara standard of Kodesh his entire lifetime. And yet, even though he ate chulin food and Kodesh food, he ate it to a Kodesh standard. Nonetheless, the elevated top level, someone who was handling the mechatas, the waters mixed with the ashes of the Paraduma had to consider his clothing as Midras. His cloth napkin that he ate with had to consider that to be Tumas Midras. So this rule applies to everyone, not just an Amoretz, not just the regular person, but even the greatest of the Tamadich Chacham, the greatest Kohanim. It just depends on what type of food they're eating. And if someone else is eating the next level up, they have to assume that the level down, they cannot be fully trusted or we cannot rely on them, that they, we have to make an assumption that their clothing or the things that they're sitting on could be Tumas Midras. That's the end of the Mishnah. We now commence the Gemara. The Mishnah said yesterday that Chulin, Masasheni and Truma, those first three levels, they all require hand rinsing prior to involvement with them. You have to wash your hands. So the Gemara asks, Chulin or Masa, Mibon, Tilas Yadayim? The Gemara says, I know that Truma needs washing of hands, but Chulin and Masasheni, those bottom two levels, do they really need hand washing? Veromini. But we ask a contradiction on this Mishnah from a Mishnah in Bikurim. This Mishnah seems to imply that you have to wash your hands for Chulin and Masasheni. But the Mishnah in Bikurim says that Trumava Bikurim, that there are rules that are applicable to Truma and Bikurim that are not applicable to Masasheni and Chulin. The following is a list of laws applicable to Truma and Bikurim. Chayavan Aleya Misa. Number one, non Kohanim are liable to premature death for consuming them intentionally. The Chomesh. And they have to add a penalty of a fifth for consuming them unintentionally. An extra fifth when they pay back. This is based on Psukim in the Torah. And as we've said, this is now an obvious statement. They are prohibited to non-Kohanim. And we know that already because we know that non-Kohanim would be liable a death penalty if by the hands of heaven if they eat them. The Mishnah just says this line, they're forbidden to non-Kohanim in order to contrast it. When it comes to talking about Master Shani and Chulin, they want to contrast the laws of Truma and Bikurim to the laws of Master Shani and Chulin. So the Mishnah adds these words that they're forbidden to non-Kohanim even though, even though that's obvious to us already. These things, Truma and Bikurim, are the property of a Kohen. In other words, once a Kohen receives them, it's their personal property. He can use it to buy something, even something that's not food. He can use it to betray the woman with. If they become mixed with ordinary produce, they're nullified in a mixture of 101. In other words, one part Truma with 100 parts Chulin or one part Bikurim with 100 parts um, Chulin, that's, that's butter that's considered to be nullified and an ordinary person could then eat those foods. And that is the important part of the Mishnah. They require hand rinsing before involvement with them. So you see, that's a law that the Mishnah in Bikurim says is specific to Truma in Bikurim. 
Let's continue. Vahar of Shemesh, someone who's immersed himself requires the arrival of sunset before partaking of them. Someone who is required to go to the mikveh for a certain tumor ritual impurity. He cannot eat after, immediately after going to the mikveh. He can't eat Truma and Bikurim. He has to wait till sunset. Hare Elu with Truma Bikurim. These laws apply for Truma and Bikurim. Good. Masha Ein came by Maser, but the Mishnah says these are not true for Maser Sheni, because came by Chulin, and all the more so for Chulin. All the laws that we listed are not true for Maser Sheni and Chulin. So the Gemara says, Kasha Maser Maser, Kasha Chulin Achulin. We've got a, a couple of questions here coming out of this. Because this Mishnah in Bikurim says that you need hand washing only for Truma and Bikurim. And not for Masashani and Chulin. And yet our Mishnah said you need hand washing for both Masashani and Chulin. So there's a question on Maser and a question on Chulin. Both Maser and Chulin are contradicted. The laws are contradicted between the Mishnah in Bikurim and the Mishnah that we've just learnt here in Chagiga. So the Gemara attempts to answer, Bishlam Maser and Maser Lekashia, we can reconcile the laws about Maser. That the Mishnah in Bikurim says you need hand washing, and the Mishnah in Chulin says, and the Mishnah here in Chagiga says you don't. Because you can reconcile them and say one of them is the position of Rabbi Meir, and one is the position of the rabbis. How so? This is not as we learned in the following Mishnah in Parah. The Mishnah says, Anything that requires immersion in the water of a mikvah under rabbinical law, in other words, it's Tahar under biblical law, but Tameh under rabbinic law, and is a Sheni the Tumah. Matameyasa Kodesh, it can contaminate Kodesh, sacrificial foods, through contact, or and invalidates Truma for consumption through contact. Or but is permitted in regards to Chulin and Masasheni. Div Rabbi Meir, this is the view of Rabbi Meir. But the sages, the rabbis say, no, Masasheni has got the same law in this regard as Kodesh, as Truma. That Chulin is separate, but Master Shani we're stringent on. So we can say that our Mishnah, which requires hand rinsing for Master Shani, follows the rabbis who are stringent about this when it comes to Master Shani. While the Mishnah in Bikurim, which says Master Shani doesn't require hand washing, is like Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir treats Chulin, Master Shani, excuse me, like Chulin. El Chulin a Chulin Kasha. So the Gemara says we can reconcile the position about Master Shani. Because we've got two views in Tanoim about Master Shani, Rabbi Meir and the rabbis. But when it comes to Chulin, we've got a problem. Because nowhere do we find a Tana, an author of Mishnahs or Brises, who holds that you need to wash your hands before you eat Chulin. So the Gemara answers, Lo Kasha, there's still no contradiction. We can still reconcile our Mishnah in Chagiga, which says you're required to wash your hands before Chulin. And the Mishnah in Bikurim, which says you're not, because Kam Ba'achila Kam you can suggest that here in our Mishnah we're talking about eating, and therefore the Tana requires you to wash your hands even for Chulin. But Kambanagia in Bikurim, where we say you don't need to wash your hands, we're talking about touching. That there's a difference. When you come to eat Chulin, you have to wash your hands. When you come to touch Chulin, you don't need to. So the Gemara challenges this. Maskifla of Shimi Ba'ashi. Of Shimi Ba'ashi objected to this. Ad Kanu Pligid Rabbana loved the Rabbi Meir, the Bachilid the Maser. Avalam Benegir the Maser, Bachilid the Chulin, no Pligid. Rabbi Shimi Ba'ashi says our understanding of the dispute between Rabbi Meir and the rabbis, that Rabbi Meir is more lenient and the rabbis are more strict. They include Master Shani even in the requirement to consider it Tameh and to wash your hands. When do they argue? They only argue about the eating of Master Shani. Whereas Rabbi Meir permits eating Master Shani with unwashed hands, the rabbis say you can't eat Master Shani with unwashed hands. But when it comes to touching Master Shani or eating Chulin, our understanding is there's no dispute. 
And the rabbis agree and Rabbi Meir agrees when it comes to eating chulin, no hand washing is required. So again, the Gemara returns to its question, how are we going to reconcile the Mishnah in Chagiga with the Mishnah in Bikurim when there is no position? Now we've said our understanding of the dispute between Rabbi Meir and the rabbis is both of them agree when it comes to chulin, you don't need to wash your hands, whether you're eating or whether you're touching, you don't need to wash your hands. Rather, the Gemara says both the Mishnah in Chagiga and the Mishnah in Bikurim referring to eating. There's no contradiction. In our Mishnah, we're talking about eating bread. And when it comes to bread, you have to wash your hands even for chulin. Whereas the Mishnah in Bikurim, which says you don't need to wash your hands for chulin, is talking about other foods, other produce, which doesn't require hand washing. The armor of Nachman, Rav Nachman said, Anyone who washes his hands for produce other than bread, he is from the haughty of spirit. He displays a certain level of arrogance. Why is it that when we wash for bread, we wash our hands? Two reasons. One is that eating with clean hands is a form of holiness, and the Jewish people are should be holy and therefore when it comes to eating a proper meal we're required to wash our hands the second is as a safeguard for the kohanim the kohanim always eat truma when they're always eating truma we want to make sure they eat their truma in a state of purity and to encourage them to always wash their hands before eating truma so we tell everyone else to wash their hands also as a safeguard for the kohanim that they should be around always people who are always washing their hands before they're eating and as we said, we only require this before eating bread because the holiness inherent in washing hands, it's only really required and it's most evident when you're washing for a proper meal, not just for a snack. Perhaps another reason why we only do it before bread is because most truma is taken probably from dagon, from grain. And therefore, when we, when we encourage the kohanim most is when we wash for bread. But for other fruits, we're not as concerned that the kohanim are going to eat in a state of ritual impurity. We're going to hold it for today and hold it for the week. I wish everyone a very good Shabbos. And a very good Yom Tov, Chag Sameach, for Sukkot. We'll continue on Chalamod, please God, next week.